They say the best weapon is one you never have to fire. I respectfully disagree. I prefer the weapon you only have to fire once. That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Banded together from remote galaxies are the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Dudes. Dude. His dudeness. Duder. El Duderino. Dude. Dude. Dedicated to a single objective. The conquest of the universe. Yeah, I can fly. It's the Legion of Dudes podcast. And now, here's the dudes. I am your host, Russell Latham, and join with me tonight are Ken Morgan and Johnny M. Iron Man. Hi. I'm Ken, Iron tell Man. All, tell us all what show you saw tonight. I went to uh, the theater this evening, and I saw live on stage Mamma Mia. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, although, although they had the, in the, in the program, they had the list of what, um, what um, shows are coming next season, and in April of 2011, I'll be seeing Spamalot. Nice. So did those tickets tonight come with a free pair of panties? <laughs> <laughs> nice. No. Uh, no, they did not. Thank you, though. My pleasure. No, it, it's actually, I mean, I'm, I'm not a bit, I don't go to the theater a lot. Uh, but I've seen a few shows over the last couple of years, and it's been a good time. Seeing Sweeney Todd That's Alive was fun. Nice. To contrast that, I went to see the Losers today. Good for you. I should have when I saw Kick-Ass. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> you were going to double dip, I saw. Uh, well, yeah, I was half kidding on that, but I, when the, by the time that movie was over, I wish I saw the Losers. Wow. Yeah. I was happy with both. I actually, to be honest with you, I actually enjoyed, as a movie, Kick-Ass more. Um, but the Losers are a lot of fun. A I, lot of fun. I, I didn't mind most... Of the changes that were made from the comic, there was one key character change that completely pulled me out of it and did not work for it at all. And I, I, this is not a kick-ass spoiler show, so I'm not going to get into it more than that. You guys already heard me say it, so you should know what I'm talking about. Indeed. But we are not here to talk about Mamma Mia, Kick-Ass, or The Losers. Tonight we're here to talk about the Iron Man movie, which we are going to do a commentary for. This is our third commentary we've done. Despite best of intentions to do at least one a month, this is only our third since December, right? Which I guess isn't so bad. We've missed, what, two months then. Yeah, we've done, uh, this is still technically April, so we've done, well, you guys did Terminator, you guys did Terminator and then we did Star yep. Trek as our first one. With the, the summer movie season heating up and sequels and stuff coming, maybe we'll, we'll try and squeak in some more. I know we've talked... Um, about doing Tron before Tron Two comes out. Yeah, I know we got some time. Yeah, yeah we got a little but, bit of time uh, on that one. Yeah, but that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
Um, so before we get get started, what we want to do is uh, we put we had a thread on the forum soliciting some feedback from listeners just to talk about last week since we did Iron Man Disassembled. This week we're going to do the Iron Man movie commentary. We thought you know we just kind of solicit some general Iron Man comments um, from listeners. So. I'll read a few of those there now and real quick, and then we'll jump into the movie since uh, the movie is a little two hours plus, so we don't want to drag it too long. Um, so the first comment is from Vindicator, and uh, he said, uh, Well, I've only become a fan of Iron Man through New Avengers movie and Matt Fraction's run, so I love all that and really like the Iron Man in the government. Curious what you, you, th- what you lot think about Tony Stark working with the government or S.H.I.E.L.D., good or bad. I thought it worked when he was leading S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, it was good. It was good for that. That the way Tony was developed. I'm looking forward to see how it's going to develop now because I don't know a lot of Iron Man of Tony Stark before Civil War. Uh, I'm reading a little bit of him now through like the Avengers, old the older runs of the Avengers and that. Yeah, I mean, with Stark being so tied into weapons manufacturing and you know contracting with the government and everything else, it's kind of a natural progression given you know his work with the Avengers and security clearance and everything else. So to me, it was just kind of a natural. Mm-hmm. Um, progression of that character. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was was at the end of or during Demon in the Bottle, like uh, Sh- Shield bought all of his, the shares or something, and basically took over Stark. And uh, I guess we kind of saw that at the end of uh, Civil War. I guess it was when they paid to refurnish Stark Towers, and they basically owned everything. That's how they were able to oust him so easily at the end of Secretization. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out coming uh, coming out of the current the current storyline. Yep. Actually, as, as sorry, as we air this, I think the next issue of Invincible com- Iron Man comes out, so we might finally start to see a little bit of that. Yeah, which would be very nice. As Siege is getting ready to wrap up here in the next few weeks. Yeah. So, next comment from Dark Knight Jared: Extremist would be an awesome one. One of the best Iron Man stories I've ever read. I guess that you know, meaning uh, one that we could uh, do a show on. But yeah, I like Extremist a lot. If you guys haven't seen the motion comic for Extremist Number One, it puts all other motion comics to shame, in it, my opinion. It's it's an animated feature, like in its own right. It's, it might as well be. I mean, it's not fully animated, like say a Batman the animated series, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah, very now, smooth. Now, was that the entire first issue? Is it going, are they going issue by issue like they did with Watchmen and a few others? Do we know? I would yeah. say yes. Okay. Yeah. The- I haven't read it, so I, I probably if I read, I would know immediately that's what happened. But it seems like it, and I watched it thoroughly, enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to more. It's a pretty important arc, you know, because the the extremist part of Tony has hung on through all this time. Yeah, you know, so they've referred to it many times, and you know, all the stuff that goes wrong is like you know a virus that's infected the extremists, you know, and. He, he has to keep War Machine totally separate on a different satellite so that mm-hmm. extremists can't, you know, work with him at all, you know, just to keep things, um, I guess, have a checks and balances system over it and stuff. So it's been a pretty major Iron Man arc in the in the history of the character, I'd say. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was even in, in Stark Disassembled, it's, it plays a key role and it's only mentioned once. Yeah. And that Adi Granov art is just fantastic. Yeah. All right, next, we've got a comment from the Crippled Avenger, Mr. Lucas King. Um, I've said before, Fraction Run on Iron Man is A, the best book on the stands today, and B, the book that brought me into Iron Man. I love the way Fraction took what was a man at the top of his game at the beginning of his run, running S.H.I.E.L.D., his company opening factories and thriving. Then very slowly, he breaks him down, first financially, then publicly, then physically, then even mentally, uh, till we're down to the very shell of what he is to be built up against to a better version of himself. 
the other thing that makes this book work so well is Fraction's conscious effort to not only build up Tony as a strong character, but also building a strong supporting cast around him to make, even when Tony isn't around, interesting to read. Characters like Maria Hill and Pepper Potts, even Jar- Jarvis have bored me in the past, but something about how Fraction writes them makes them all a blast to read. Even his skill with guest characters in this book is amazing. He wrote Doctor Strange like he had been doing it for years and made him more of a matter-of-fact Soft-spoken, down-to-earth, always seen him as, rather than the overly wrought, blustery-sounding guys people have written him like in the past. And Ghost, a character Diggle didn't really seem to know what to do with, with, with Fraction, first off, wove him in organically into his arc, and also used a skill set to match him both uh, as a deadly and creepy assassin. I know I don't know a lot of the Iron Man past, but this is easily one of the best Iron Man runs, if not best runs on a single character I've read in a long, long time. Yeah, we all... Uh certainly share the fraction love for iron man i think um you know we've gone over it a bunch of times it might have started out a little slow but once it got past that first arc and really got woven into the big marvel picture you know continuity wise it's been great yeah it's funny you know the same thing happened with fraction with uncanny x-men i think is when he first you know, it was kind of him and Brubaker that were co-writing, and then Fraction took over. And the first couple issues were a little slow, and then it just it just went like gangbusters. You know, I think maybe just his getting his feet wet into the Marvel U as a whole. You know, where in the past he's done some creator-owned work and just some stuff here and there. And it just seems like once he kind of gets his head set uh, on a character or a set of characters, it just he just goes like gangbusters. So the last comment is from from our buddy Daryl. I think the first time the Iron Man character caught my eye was when I was eight or nine, and looking through a quarter bin, I saw a guy in a red and gold armor on skates fighting one of the Blood Brothers, and I was hooked. <laughs> I think that this issue was published in 1970 or so. From here, I've, I've been buying Iron Man, the first Armor Wars to Armor Wars 2, and issues in between. I think I would like – I think – what I like about Tony is how flawed he is from the drinking to the constant lying to his best friends like Rhodey and Steve Rogers to the point of Tony hurting his, his own self. No matter how successful Tony is, he still shoots himself in the foot, and that is such a real human trait. Yeah, it's definitely good. I was talking to Art, my co-host at Too Old to Grow Up, and he just started reading Demon in a, in the bottle, Demon in a Bottle. And he's like, I'm halfway through the book, and Tony hasn't pick up a, picked up a drink yet. That's not what I thought this was going <laughs> to be. It's like, yeah, that's mostly the last like two issues, but it's uh, still a really good story. Yeah, I think it's just typical old school storytelling. You know, they didn't write for the trade, so when they when they put things in the trade, it it doesn't fit the typical six or eight issue arc or twelve right. issue arc or whatever you want to call it. So, you know, to fill a trade, you just kind of have to do a lot of that backstory. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's tough too because some of those backstory and some of the 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 lead ups to it could could have been going on for years. I mean, especially right. like you know what Claremont did with the X Men. I mean, you read the Dark Phoenix saga trade, and it reads a little weird because it's not all dark phoenix mm-hmm. so i mean like even with the demon in, demon in a bottle the um uh he, he's drinking throughout the entire thing like have a just a, a quick glass whatever but it steadily gets a little bit more slowly you know it, it happens you, you start to notice that but i don't think if you were looking for that like if you weren't reading it the way I, we're reading it now in the trade or in the hardcover if you're reading it when it was new you probably wouldn't even really notice it quite as much because it doesn't affect his behavior too obviously until near the end and i've heard people say that the story as a whole is not really like the best or their favorite yeah iron man story it's just it's more of the event that happens in the story you know it's a big deal that they made iron man basically be a drunk and and fail out if 
if you will, <laughs> you know. Um, but I've heard people say, oh, if you want to, re- you know, read Armor Wars or read right. this and that, ra- you know, as better stories than that. But it was yeah. certainly a big event. At, you know, they went out on a limb doing that to Tony Stark. I yeah, think. I think that was a, that, that was what the big deal was, was, you know, making him having this, this power at his disposal in, under his control and having him then lose that control. Absolutely. We've got, we kind of got a couple comments from Saber Draken who pretty much just kind of echoes what everybody else is saying um, and just kind of, you know, dittoing their comments and, and again, you know, what he likes about the character as well. So that does it for comments. Um, always appreciate everybody that, that took the time to, to write up some comments on the thread so we can add them into this episode. Um, we're going to really try and, and get back on the ball and do that more for future episodes. I know coming up with the movie, um, Iron Man 2 coming out very soon, which we're all waiting on pins and needles for. I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. we'll do an episode on that. So we'll I'll, I'll try and you know pin up a thread on that and get everybody's juices flowing to to talk about it. All right, everybody. So now we're going to start the commentary. So what we'll have everybody do is you know put in your Blu-ray, your you know digital copy, your DVD, you know however you're going to listen to the media. And if you started at chapter one or start at the beginning and just as the stars appear, and it it should be right about the four-second mark, go ahead and pause your recording right at that four-second mark or right when those stars first start to show up um, just before they start moving down. And then go ahead and pause now, and then what we'll do is we'll just do a three-two-one countdown, and when we get to one, we'll tell you unpause, and you should be right up. So at this point, go ahead and pause and set yourself up now. Here we go. Three, two, one, unpause. For a second here, I thought maybe we were watching Star Trek again. Get the same Paramount zooming logo coming down. Yes. If you're not you know, it's seeing f- Paramount right now, uh, rewind your iPod and try, <laughs> try again. again. Yes. The ever familiar Mar- Marvel cartoon sprawl. I believe it was um, Daredevil that added the sound effect to the flip. Really? Yeah, I believe they said so in the commentary of that movie. And uh, every anything is better with ACDC. Absolutely. And we'll have ACDC in any moment. There it is. Yes. Yes. I thought this was interesting. A point to start, kind of almost, you know, right. You know, starting here and then, you know, as we'll see, they kind of move backward. But I thought this was this was kind of a cool starting point to to go from. When I watched this with my wife uh, not long ago, she's like, what's going on? I don't understand. Like, you know, because they do this, they jump backwards. I'm like, well, when would the other thing happen? Just just keep watching. You'll figure it out. It's not that hard. Give it a minute. I mean, plus, we've all seen the scene like, you know, how many times in the trailers leading up to the movie. So it just was very familiar territory. This is probably the trailer that I've watched more than any trailer in my life. Yeah. I, yeah. I've seen three movies this year, and each movie had the Iron Man 2 trailer, so that's coming up there as well. Good God, you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty much put at ease at this point with yeah. Robert Downey playing Tony Stark. Tony Stark's a pimp. I, to, and I, I me, never had a problem with, with Robert Downey Jr. I thought, oh my gosh, it's perfect. It, it made perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. How about that? He answers the question with such seriousness. Like, that's an excellent question. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's 
Okay, cool. <laughs> this this just killed me. This yeah. just totally set it up perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yep. I mean, they, I don't think they could have gotten more relaxed as old soldiers can get. Yeah. Know, for what's about to happen. It's like, you know. But then they snap immediately, go right back to business. Yep. And again, over time, you know, they've kind of update Tony's origin. You know, when it first started, I think it was the Korean War. It might have been Korea, and then it, yeah, then Vietnam. Yeah, then Vietnam, and then, you know, then they've turned it into, like, Gulf War One. Um, you know, so now, obviously, for the movie, it's, you know, Afghanistan. Afghanistan, right. I mean, this is what I've always said about movie origins in, in general. As long as you hit the high points, I'm generally fine. You know, like Spider-Man. You know, reactive spider, okay, genetically engineered spider. Same basic premise, you got it right, move on. Um, Tony Stark, you know, explosion, heart, cave, suit, I'm good. The rest is just yeah. details. I sold that I phone. That. I sold that phone on Verizon uh, when this came out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, and then the blood is just starting to yeah, yeah seep through the shirt. Yep. Sure, then he rips open. You see, he's wearing the vest, but the vest, you know, it's still penetrated the vest. And and obviously, you could tell this is a little more advanced. It almost looks like the the armor that uh, Batman wore in the in uh, in the Batman Begins. You know, that, anything, it almost anything looks anything but a knife, same. or it will stuff yeah. a knife, but anything but direct shot. Yeah, this is such a payoff at the end of the movie. This scene. Because you have a real impression yes. of what you think this is at the beginning. Now, not knowing Tony yeah. Stark, not only Iron Man General, I didn't, I knew nothing about the Ten Rings, but it was still very cool to see that once I found out later on. Yeah. Okay. This music yeah, in I the background is the music in the background is actually one of the I think the animated series theme, and so is Rhodey's phone later on. Yeah. Ah. Him with Bill Gates. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I love how they do Howard Stark, you know, as the Howard Hughes type of yep. guy. I mean, they keep that look, you know, right there. I mean, that that's very much Howard Hughes. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm looking at these, like the picture of like Jeff Bridges. Like, what picture of Jeff Bridges did they pull out of to, to, to composite that picture together? Yeah. Or these pictures of uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's Robert- like, you know, what, what John Hughes movie was he in that they had to pull this, these shots from? Yeah. It, it's amazing how technology has come because, you know, when they've done it in the past, it's almost – you could tell it was almost a Photoshop job, and now it's so clean oh, yeah. that it it just looks like it was made that way. No, it's it's funny because I, I work for um, a similar type of company to Stark Industries, and we're all like, look at the logo. They stole our logo. They stole our business. <laughs> it's it's funny, and, and it's it's really cool, though. I think that was perfect setup. You know, in about what forty-five seconds, a minute, you pretty much got everything you need to know about yep. Tony Stark, his background, where he came from, and who he is, and it fits seamlessly into the movie. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Rhodey? Th- this Rhodey, I should say. I, I like Terrence Howard. Yeah, I think a lot. Terrence Howard was good, but I think Don Cheadle will be great, just like he's great in pretty much everything he does. You know, when I first saw him, and knowing who Rhodey is, and knowing War Machine. Um, he he carries himself well, but just like his his 
as an actor, his voice in that, just, he doesn't have the wrong pitch, the wrong tenor that I've always read Rhodey have. And so he didn't really quite work for me. I'm not saying Don Cheadle's any better. Um, I'll reserve that for when I see it. But um, I will say he grew on me, but he never still fit to the role to me as I thought Rhodey should be. Right. Well, Rhodey's better ticked off. And yeah. Terrence Howard's a little, a little happy or He's jolly. Too it's, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, part of it for me is the whole continuity thing. I'm more, I guess, taken aback by the fact that they're switching actors, um, and I hate that. I, I like the continuity. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I enjoy the the. You know the 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 rivalry, the brotherly rivalry these two seem to share. You can they're, they're, you can tell they're, they're best of friends. Yeah. And again, you, know, you watch these scenes and knowing Robert Downey Jr. for a while, it seems like he's he's really kind of turned himself around. Mm-hmm. You know, not to disparage the guy, but you know he had his issues, and and you're watching this, and this is. Um, um, I say I've been to Caesar's Palace, and you got these live models walking around doing this stuff like that. That's just funny to see to me. <laughs> yeah, gotta do a piece for Vanity Fair. <sighs> I love that. I love Happy clearing them. It's like, yeah, she's cute. yeah, she's cute. Go ahead. Yeah. No, John Favreau, boy, he uh, he slimmed down and and sl- you know and. I mean, he's always been a kind of, I guess, kind of bulky. I mean, yeah, he he used to be like in, I guess, in high school or college, he was like a like a champion weightlifter or something. He used to bench press like oh, really? a ridiculous amount of money, yeah, or amount of weight. Is yeah, crazy. money. Well, he does. That's what he does now. Yes, <laughs> he bench presses. Yeah, he bench money. <laughs> yeah. uh, I still like you go back and you watch Rudy and you see someone like him and John Favreau together, and actually, I think that's where the two met of them. Yeah, got him and John, him and. Uh, What's his name? Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. That's where they yeah. met. He was really heavy in that. Yeah, he was. Yeah. That was kind of a motivation for him, from what I understand. He wanted to do Happy, but he wouldn't do it at his current state. So, um, you, you know, in order for him to feel comfortable with himself being on screen, he, he, you know, hit the gym and worked out and all that. And it's funny, you watch the behind the scenes, the back matter type material on it, and you see him like. The, like day one of production, like before anybody's hired, and then you see him as they progress through, and you could tell he he slimmed up pretty quick. So, as a professional reporter, would it be that easy? I guess if you're Tony Stark, yeah, I guess it would be that easy. What do you think of I, uh, uh, what do you think of Jarvis? I would have liked a human Jarvis. I wonder if there is, still is a human drawer somewhere, and this is just separate. It, I don't know. It, it I threw wonder... me off at first. I thought maybe we were hearing a person from another room, and then, of course, Pepper comes and delivers the best line of the whole movie. Yes. For some reason, I get her confused with what's her face that plays Shannon on Maggie Lost. Grace. Uh, Maggie that, would, that, Grace. Would, that would never happen to me. This one's much cuter. Although I have no idea who she is. I've never seen her before or since this movie. What's her name? Cynthia Bibb or... I don't know. Something Bibb. I don't know. I've, I've seen her in other, other things I can't think she, of. She's, right no, off the she's no Gwyneth. 
who's got something going on? I love it how Tony's just, you know, he's he's so interested in the gearhead aspect of his personality that, you know, he's he's got this gorgeous woman upstairs and he's ready to just get up after a night of partying and, you know, hit the ground running. Of course my plan would wait for me. It's kind of funny how he's working on, you know, it's almost like he's maxed himself out and he's just bored. So he's going to go back and like over-engineer this old hot rod. Yeah. I love that. Buy it, store it. Yeah. I don't think I was a big Gwyneth fan before this. She was just there. I, I, to me, Gwyneth, I always remember her from uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. That dancing at the end with uh, what's her name from Friends and what's his name from X Men. I can't even think of her names offhand. It's just funny. I love that she picks out her own gift. Yeah. And then thanks him. You know what? Honestly, I mean, a personal assistant at this level, that's that's that, this is real. I mean, right here. You know, they they are there and they do nothing but live for their their boss. That's 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 the deal. And they are rewarded and paid handsomely for it. Stark one. You know, there's scenes like this and scenes later on with um with Obadiah, I've heard reports, especially from Jeff Bridges, who wasn't happy with the way that John Favreau shoots. Like, they don't necessarily shoot from a direct from a script. A lot of it's ad lib. Like, here's the point of the scene. Here's where we need to get to. Go have fun. And, like, the scene of them, like, just kind of exchanging, like, oh, hey, you know, oh, I got you. I lost you. You, know, you, you can see a lot of that ad libbing. You know, the cheeseburger scene later on, the pizza scene after that. You know, it just feels either more casual or certainly not scripted. Yeah, and I, from what I understand, they're doing the same thing with the second one. That the script is very loose. That's the way. That's the way. That's the way Favreau shoots his stuff, though. I mean, this is not unusual or unique to Iron Man. And it's funny because you know Favreau kind of came up around sort of the same time as like Kevin Smith. I kind of put those guys. I don't know why. Kind of in that same aim, kind of that that same bucket or whatever and smith is like the exact opposite like the script is god and you don't deviate mm-hmm. from the script and you don't ad lib yep. and you don't do anything he, he does and then he, he does know, actual yes. line readings for his for his cat actors and they're like really are you seriously you're actually reading it to me like what's the point of me even acting then and then like oh yeah i guess that did work better yeah that's probably the only scene that i feel even more so than the the bedroom scene earlier that i actually would feel uncomfortable with watching with my my son or my daughter right now the rest of it it's a comic book movie and it's it's yeah it's blowing stuff up but there's nothing terribly overt you know yeah i guess maybe in the in the thing but just I guess surprises the, the, me 
the rising stripper pole is uh, maybe a tad tad too much <laughs> for little kids. <laughs> yeah, that was just uh, surprising. It's great, though. Yes. I've seen video of like tests like this, and this is what what happens. So I love this. I love this again from the trailer. You know, just I could watch this a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And this is what they originally showed at like San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Right, the year like the year before it was coming out, or the months prior. It might have been this part, yeah. First look type, type yeah. thing got a big uh, ovation. That's how America does it. Yeah, it's worked pretty out good for so, real far. so far. <laughs> pretty crazy. Love it. And I love this, like like God presenting, you know, the Ten Commandments here. Yeah, the Jericho. There you have it. And it's so funny because it's like, okay, that's done. Now this Go part, good, this whatever. part, for much of everything, this is so real. I can't see their, them giving away a, a a liquor cabinet like that. Yeah, okay, know. now I mentioned the phone that Verizon was selling. That that phone. Yeah, it was supposed to have that front-facing camera for this purpose, and it got pulled before it hit the shelves. So when I saw this scene, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That would have been so cool to actually sell that. <laughs> well, you know, if you're hey, Tony you Stark and it doesn't it. have it, you could add it. Here you go. You take this with the fun V. <laughs> and we're back where we started. And that's right. So about 16 minutes or so between the start and getting back to where we started. Total run. Not bad. Not bad way to spend the first eighth of the movie or so. The only, and we'll we'll get to it a little later too, the only negative I see to the, they kind of resolve the Playboy aspect, Tony Stark, it seems to some degree, you know, with the whole, okay, he was the, you know, the billionaire playboy and, you know, fast women, fast drinking. And then he kind of has this near-death experience, creates the Iron Man and finds a different way of life. It, it almost seems like they're kind of pulling that away from future storylines that, you know, we're not going to really see Demon in a Bottle. And I guess he could relapse. And I, obviously we haven't seen the second one yet to know if, if he kind of, his personality starts to veer back towards um you know, towards that. But that was the only thing I thought was a negative to, 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 you know, the revelation that he has and the, and the way he wants to change his life as a result. Yeah. I, I didn't see so much the, that we can't have demon in the bottle. I think we actually got suggestions that it may still happen. I mean, even when he's designing the suit, he's having a drink. So I think there's still things like that. He still has the same bravado personality. I mean, we see that when he's in public, um, so, so I, I I didn't see that at all. I think it's perfectly plausible that they can still go in those directions. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there is an Iron Man three, assuming after the Avengers, assuming that all happens, 
that uh, that very well could be a candidate for for a third movie. True. Well, and Favreau said he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have anything planned at all for three yet because he doesn't know, you know, where the Avengers is going to go and, and you know how all that's going to you yeah. know come together. So he's he's not not walking down that path. Yeah, yet. I, and then that's a smart move, I think, because you really want to see where where he's gonna Tony's going to be living in terms of his head. You know, what's he's going to be like after the Avengers. That's one thing that's very interesting to me as well. You know, right now we're so uh, focused as fans on, oh, how cool is this? You know, all these movies are going to connect them to the Avengers. Well, then if you look at it from the other end, what's going to happen in the Avengers is going to lead into the following sequels for all these separate movie franchises. Right. You know, so something really big could go down in the Avengers that then affects Iron Man 3, Thor 2, Captain America 2. Um, so that should be really cool as well. Yeah. In the original yep. comics, Yin Sen was – wasn't his name Yin Sen? Or do I have it reversed that that's the way it was later on? Because here, here there, it's, it's like his last name, Yin Sen. Um, I, don't, I don't recall. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it's Yin Sen in the newer – um, yeah, stories. It's been so long since I've read that you right. know, original Tales of Suspense, Iron Man. You know, I was probably a teenager, if not a younger, when I probably the last time I read that. I mean, again, it, it, going back to origins. I mean, the the there has to be this this person there. Um, but I'm fine with the name or the nationality or whatever. But he has this this person there who's his assist assist him and dies in front of the whole deal. That th- those are the the high points, like I said earlier. Right. And it, it the other interesting thing too is you know we talked about the ten rings and I, I like I said I totally missed that when I saw the movie and it wasn't until after the fact that I was like holy crap the ten mm-hmm. rings makes perfect sense. You know, with integrating these characters, you know, they're trying to keep it somewhat grounded and, and not all these, you know, c- kind of crazy. I mean, obviously, a guy that wears a suit of armor and flies is a little bit of a stretch, but they're not going mm-hmm. completely off off the grid. And maybe one of the things I'm thinking of is with bringing Thor into it, obviously, he's going to have Loki and then you're going to do the Avengers and then you've kind of got the Hulk in it. I wonder if maybe Iron Man 3, we're not going to see them kind of go a little more mystical and we get like an actual Mandarin character i love i would i would love to see them do that because it really is looking like two is is armor wars right how about fing fang foom too much (laughs) oh gosh that'd be good for avengers 2 how about that no i don't know so he wants them to build a a jericho they want him to use all the stuff that they already have and it seemed like they're at this point the repulsor technology is unique to the jericho so which one of these other spare part things has repulsive technology already? I don't know. Did it say that the repulsor or that the no. Jericho technology uses repulsor tech? Yes, he did. He was very clearly he said that in his little speech. Okay, um, okay. but they, he was not did not say that it was unique to Jericho. So it's certainly possible that some of these weapons have that. All I know is he must be tired of carrying that battery around with him more. Well, goes. that's that's why he's first order of business to make it smaller. Yeah, we see the captain of the USS Kelvin. Oh yeah, 
playing playing with his ring, which which again, had I known then when I saw the first time that I know now, that would have been a much better reveal when we saw the other ring later on. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading a lot of Iron Man when this came out. And they brought the Mandarin into a story of the main Iron Man title. Um, so I actually did catch it, and it was cool. Yeah. Well, I love the way Downey's playing Stark right here. I mean, you could tell he's completely broken down. Yeah. And, and I don't think it has to do with the fact that he thinks he's going to be killed. You know, I think, you know, again, this is a man that's kind of a genius and he's worked hard and built this company, but for the most part, he's lived his life like a playboy. And, you know, he's now in deplorable conditions. He's, you know, got this thing sticking out of his chest that he probably thinks eventually is going to kill him. Right. Um, I, I just, I just think it was, he clear, you know, he, job well done. Yeah. And they clearly show here that, you know, and we, we got a piece of that in the garage with the, with the, with the, the hot rod. He's got the brains to back up his, uh, his business sense or, you know his talent. He he didn't just inherit all this and get lucky. He knows what he's doing. Um, technically, he's ahead of, of of everybody else in terms of um, what he is capable of dreaming up. And in this case, you can clearly see physically producing. You know, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah. You know, I'm not Tony Stark. Yeah, it's a nice contrast to characters like Reed Richards and Hank Pym and even Peter Parker, you know, where they, they fall into the things of the, you know, boy genius, if you will, you know, where they totally immerse themselves in their work to the point of almost being social outcasts um, and, you know, loners and work by themselves. And here you have Tony who is able to kind of do both. You know, he he's still the, the genius inventor you know, child prodigy, but yet he lives life to the fullest. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Peter Parker. Going back to the comics real quick, that is a storyline I am very much looking forward to, the the reconciliation or at least the reunion of Peter Parker and Tony Stark because Tony, you know, leading up into Civil War was, if not a father figure, very much an older brother and mentor to Peter to the point yeah. where Peter would do anything for Tony um, a lot of people didn't believe that Peter Parker would take his mask off because Tony asked him to. If you had been reading New Avengers and Amazing Spider-Man, uh, I, I like I did, I could very easily see that happening because of everything that Peter had been through um, with Tony by his side. So after the betrayal that was Civil War on both sides of the fence, to see them come together again is something I'm really looking forward to and hope they they spend some time with. And this, having seen the trailers so far for Iron Man Two, um, it's an, this scene seems like a nice contrast to what we've seen in the in the trailer with I guess what Ivan Danko kind of yeah. building the same thing, you know, working at the desk and you know narrating in the background and being driven. Yeah, which really makes me wonder why that guy back at, at Stark Industries couldn't make it the big make of another version of it. It's like, well, geez, Tony did it in the cave. This other guy's doing it in Russia in a in an apartment apartment building. Why can't you? What's your problem? Seems like it's pretty easy to do, actually. You would think. I love that there's something big for 15 minutes. Yep, <laughs> and here it is. Yep. This was the one thing that bugged me and about again, this movie, uh, though. Was if this was like, okay, something big for 15 minutes, 
and it basically did that. How the hell did it push the the Mark Three? Uh, yeah. At the end of the movie. But hey, whatever. It's a movie. I can I can live with it. One of the things again, I you know, hats off to to John Favreau is, you know, with with everything today, but you know, with effects and technology and everything else, it would just be so easy to, you know, not do the clunky armor thing. And you know, the I think the original clunky armor was more a product of early Silver Age comics mm-hmm. as opposed to anything else. But to to go back to it and make it. You know, again, be respectful to the origin. Be respectful to, you know, almost that steampunk style of armor that they're using. Yeah, I thought was really sweet. I think it was important to do that because I mean, you weren't going to create this finished, you know, piece of of machinery in a cave. You know what he did, if it was even possible, is what you're going to get. You know, and seeing the 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 levers and the mechanical um, mechanisms to move the hands and fire the weapons and and and, and run the the, the flamethrowers. It's all, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say realistic, which is to say, if this can really happen, then we'll make it look as real as possible. And then and, and they did that. Yep. And, and, you know, they really did a good job of promoting it as well. I mean, I remember being at, at Comic-Con in, in 07, and they had the, you know, they had the armor on display. Um, yeah. And so that was just really cool that, you know, they weren't afraid to put it out there and let you see it. They were a little more guarded with the actual, no, yeah. you know, Mark III armor, but the Mark I was, you know, large and in charge out there. So I thought that was really cool. <laughs> it's I love that there's... <laughs> yeah, maybe it's been modified. Yeah, gather that. Something, something's not cool here. No, it's just backwards. The old looping camera trick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Favorite of the A team, if I remember. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, clearly he's testing something that's not a Jericho missile there. Yeah. Yeah, and again, we saw him playing with the ring earlier. Like I said, I feel like such a dope. I didn't catch that the first time at all. Well, yeah, and, and it, it meant nothing to me, but then the real thing that catches is seeing the ring later on. Oh, and it's so over the top, too. It's mm-hmm. like a, it, they almost wallop you with it. That was another big thing at Comic-Con in 07 was the shirts, right. the black shirts with the, uh, with, the, with the thing behind it. And I wasn't at the... Uh, yeah, wasn't there like the black shirts with? That's um, one of the panels. I thought of the Hollywood panels. Right, weren't they like uh, glow in the dark too? It's like so you could actually see it. I, mean, it was, I saw a I, shirt I that there was a shirt that had that. I believe it was like the that uh, uh, that glow in the dark uh, substance. Yeah, I don't recall if they were actually glow in the dark, but yeah, they definitely had the the repulsor tech through, and I thought that was really cool. Again, smart enough to multi-layer the paper. So unless you literally stack them on top of each other in the right order, you couldn't, to some degree, couldn't tell what what he was working on.
look at Tony's just looking around like, oh crap, if they kill him, I'm kind of screwed. The heavily used uh, promo image. Yeah, it was. Two, we get to see that, you know, again, Robert Downey kind of took this role pretty serious because you don't really have to exactly be too buff to and too in shape to play Iron Man. You're a guy in a suit, but. You know, he looks like he's kind of at the top of his game here physically. Yeah, that's something Tony Stark would do, too. Must be nice to be able to go out and drink all the time and (laughs) do whatever and still, you know, look in top form. And again, they're you know accounting for everything. The fact that he's you know can't see where he's going, he can't see what he's you know doing, so he's got to pace everything off. And yeah, you know, right. He really vision. He can just see straight ahead. That's if he's even lucky enough to see that. Like a little homemade explosives. Yep. Boom. PC load letter? What the? (laughs) Suck if they blue screened right there. (laughs) (laughs) I think they used Max there, so it's not an issue. Yeah. 
I'm going to buy right your time. Click. There's only one button. I can't right-click. Power-up sequence. All the power-ups in this chest. What needs to be powered up? <laughs> Wouldn't you at least try and shoot those guys? Yeah, really. So remember in Star Wars when uh, Han and Chewie turned the corner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love how this worked out to where, again, you know what's coming. You've seen it in the trailers. You've seen all the images yep. and everything else. But they still, he's still keeping that, building that tension and keeping that you know, suspense and that secrecy to what's coming. And I thought that was just a, a great way to, to, again, to build that tension and to, to just keep you on the edge of your seat. And I love the power to that suit. I mean, you'd think anything that big with that much momentum, they do a great job of just really slamming into these guys. Yep. Poor guy stuck behind the wall, behind the door here. And this is the scene from the trailer here with the banging on the door. Poor guy got stomped on by the door. Of course, the old <laughs> hand stuck in the wall, in the wall trick. Oh, you think that'll Knights. stop? I love that. I love that. Yes. Guy gets shot in the by his own bullet. Manual fire rockets. Yeah, we'll improve on that. And again, I love how the head, the the visor just flips up. Yeah. And and that they incorporated that into the Mark III and you know Mark actually all generations of it that you know that that just head flip up. And of course, looking at the Iron Man two trailer, that's the sweetest part is oh, yeah. when Rhodey and and Tony are standing side by side, and you just hear clink, clink, and as they both close, I just thought that was awesome. Right, right. Again, giving it, giving it that weight.
And again, I think that's what really hits it home for Tony is this guy's got a family. He's not going to be able to get home to it. He's got basically nothing. Yep. And he gets to live. Right, yeah. And, and that whole scene there when he said before about, you know, I'll be with my family when this is over, you know, I knew that's what he meant from the beginning, that, that his family was, was already dead. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And it's cool, too, because you get the impression with this, even though he's getting blasted, that the suit isn't exactly, you know, yeah, it's holding up to it, but you can almost tell it's kind of taking its toll on it a little bit. Everything's better with flamethrowers. <laughs> I love how he's, you know, he's making sure he's, he's not so much going after, the, guy, after the, the bad guys, he's trying to destroy all the weapons. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Now he gets some, some trouble with this uh, this gun here. I was talking with uh, Victor from Exploring the Multiverse a week or so ago. He still, at that point, had not seen this movie. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. And again, it's awesome that we can see the mechanics behind it. You know, all the moving parts and pieces and belts mm-hmm. and everything is very... It's very crude. Yeah. I love it uses awesome. the explosions cover to get out of there. Yep. Oh, crap. <laughs> I hear him yelling. Dang it. Coming out of this scratchless was a little bit of a <laughs> stretch, but that's cool. Yeah, this is... This is almost cartoony, you know, where... He's buried in you know, the char- sand. Yeah, character crashes, all, everything has come apart around him, and, you know, he's okay. He's literally kind of shaking it off. L- literally shaking it all off. It's all just falling apart. Yeah. And now I'm going to pass out. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) (laughs) How's the fun V now? Rody yeah. just Rody apparently has not left. He has spent the whole month or how long he was he was gone searching for his friend because Rody's right there. I guess it's a little convenient that Rody happens to be the one that you know, finds I, him. From a storytelling perspective, I guess it works. Yeah, you know, I can't help but wonder where was was Rody's Humvee not in the convoy? You know, it know, certainly it seemed just, like the other other ones were destroyed, or yeah, they maybe go, it was far enough back. Maybe, or they went separate, or whatever. But you know, it seems like the only way they were gonna get get away with it was if they you know incapacitated or destroyed everybody. Yeah, you could tell here that Pepper's like half 
happy to see him and was scared out of her mind, and the other half is like pissed off at him because he was being stupid, and that's how he got, you know, his his yeah. recklessness is is what got him in his predicament. Three, yeah, months. three months. Wow, that's how long he's been. Going. Yeah, I love that an American cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. we've had the LG product placement. Now we need the Burger King product placement. Yes. This scene here, you got one of those for me. It's again, one of those many ad libs, ad lib scenes. Yeah. The dude can ablid. <laughs> Dude's not used to that. Dude didn't like that part. Yeah, wasn't that one of his comments I thought I read was that he showed up and there was no script? That's what that was the thing. He wasn't he's like, I'm not used to this. What are you talking about? What do you mean there's no script? It's more like talking points. Okay. First time he says the name here. Strategic Homeland Intervention. Yeah. Man, I was talking over the rest. I know we're working on. Yeah, it's like... I know people who didn't realize he was talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm like, I'm waiting for him to say the name. I'm like, yep, S.H., got it, that's S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. And I guess Agent Coulson will be back. I think he's back in Iron Man 2, and I think they've said he's going to be around for the Avengers if I'm not nice. mistaken I love this little kumbaya yeah. moment that he has was that all Downey who knows remember that it somewhere probably that was doing it's, this sit down thing it fits in with the whole you know see where it takes us just be the character and just do it gone from Tony Stark billionaire playboy winner to Tony Stark socially conscious hippie yeah, and the wheels are turning there yep. we, we don't want to don't admit that what are you crazy Okay, yeah. let's, let's get him off the mic. Changing the meds. <laughs> Segway. Gotta have a segue. 
both have a cigar. I love that he calls him Obi. Yeah. Is it just me or can Jeff Bridges not pronounce the word manufacturer? Man- <laughs> manufacturer. I, every time I hear him say that, it bugs me. <laughs> it's funny. They call it, you know, in the, in the movie, they call it the arc reactor. You know, that's kind of their name for it but yet in the in the comics it's kind of they they call it the repulsor technology well i said the repulsors are here but the repulsors are what makes the flight it's the arc reactor that powers it right but i mean they almost make it sound in the i see i've always well yeah in the comic yeah the repulsor generator is what what's in peppers and now tony's chest yeah 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 i got you because i mean i've always thought of the repulsor as the thing's you know that make him fly, and the thing that he fires out of the ends of his hand. And, and that's, I never, that's the way it's put in here, right? So I thought that was odd when you know, as we're reading disassembled and some of the other stuff that they were referred to it that infractions thing. He refers to the tech itself as the repulsor tech. tech. Yeah. Now, at this point, did you guys think that Obadiah was up to no good? Well, you see, yep, just caught a glimpse of the ring, but he's not playing with it yet to really highlight it. But it's, uh, I only know because I know the character a little bit. How about this cameo? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's the kind of TV I want in my house. Oh, really? Yeah. There's an iPad four years early. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about the word for the creepiest scene? This is the one coming up. Yeah. You see your hands. Oh, yeah, they're very petite. It takes a very steady hand. Don't touch the side. <laughs> I love the one line coming up, though. I don't know why, but this this reminds me. Have you ever guys seen like on those, I don't know, Discovery shows or whatever, where they do the thing with the cow? Here it is. Where wait, they wait. insert this. Here it's, hey. what, what's Operation? <laughs> <laughs> just came to mind. <laughs> I, I'm watching this scene, though. I'm trying to see, okay, 
where's the fake chest? Where's t- t- Robert Downey Jr.'s head really coming through? Like, you can tell it doesn't quite look right, but still, it's like, damn, they did a good job if you're not looking too close. Yeah. The depth of that cylinder, when you're looking at that... Like, we got, we got deeper like, hands going in. Yeah, like, yeah. It should be through, his, through yeah. the back of his back, his back at this point. Yeah. Oh, there's pus. <laughs> <laughs> pull, don't pull it all the way. <laughs> that is it. You just pull it out. I'm just going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> Let me pause and say it's okay. Just, Meanwhile, I'm dying. Yeah, he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Just let's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I, I think of Chevy Chase with that scene from Fletch. Hey, Moon yeah. hey. using, using the whole fist there, Doc? <laughs> I wonder if they're going to do a scene in the next movie that mirrors this to some degree because she made such a point about not wanting to do it again. Yeah. But kind of like I was saying before, I don't know if you, on the nature shows or whatever you ever seen where they take like a cow and they insert a cylinder like that into the stomach so like students can reach in and see how cows digest food oh. and stuff like that. It just it, <laughs> it just reminded me of that. Everything time i see this scene oh man i love the robots <laughs> yeah, that's got to be awesome. In front of his uh, recruits or whatever to yeah. tell stories about the colonel. Did you ever say what Rody's call sign is, or is it just Rody? Or I don't know. I don't think ever said in here, or if we know from the comics at all. Yeah, I love that. He thinks it was all a stunt. And again, anyone that knows the comics, you know, this is all a setup for the whole War Machine thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing in in the new movie um, how how that War Machine comes out. Because, like, it looks like it's during that uh, that press conference, you know, trade show kind of setting, 
where they unveil all the armor and the war machine comes up in that, which at that point doesn't seem like something that Tony would be doing yet. That seems to be more of what uh, Justin Hammer's pulling off. So that might be a surprise to him or not. I'm looking forward to see how that all comes together. Yeah, because we've seen on the one trailer, I guess, where they show Rhodey and Hammer's got like all those crazy weapons laid out right. on that table or whatever. So I, lo- I love this uh, design table he has here. It's an awesome here. GUI. This is the uh, Minority Report yeah. GUI. I love later on he designs uh, the, the arm piece and he actually puts his hand in it and is able to manipulate it with his hand. Yeah. I want a pair of sunglasses just like that. <laughs> I think my father wears something like those. <laughs> Except with brown socks and sandals. Again, even though this is higher tech, we still can see all the little gears and gizmos moving and working to to actuate the the pieces parts. Yeah, and I mean that's just an awesome design, you know, like it's just it just looks so cool for lack of a better word. Yeah, I love uh this part just I laughed so hard. Oh, the 10% thrust. Nice and easy. (laughs) (laughs) Then, of course, the robot is there to suppress fire. There's your scene, Ken. Then you get to see it in actuality right after. That was a cool little clipping. Yeah. Good editing. It's kind of, when he, when he test fires it, it kind of reminds me of that scene. Uh, you know, of course, we got to take it back to Watchmen. When Night Owl talks about his exosuit, the first time I, I used it, it almost ripped my arm off. Right. There we go. I didn't expect that. It's Obadiah Stane, Fabulous Baker Boy. He's a little Bruce Wayne parallel, you know, never showing up for board meetings and 
Yeah, being MIA. Yeah, 56 and a half, not 40 points on the stock. Weesh. He wants the repulsor, the arc reactor. And again, we get more more of a progression to where now he's got, you know, both arms. Kind of, yeah, both arms and both feet and. I love that. 10% didn't go so well, so let's start with 1%. Remember, this, one of the, this was one of my favorite scenes um, leading up to the, uh, to the movie and the trailers. Yeah. Just seeing like the potential, seeing the man fly like this was just very cool. Well, it makes total sense that, you know, again, they, it, sure, it, it takes a little bit of setup, but, you know, again, adds more to the realism that he didn't just slap on a suit and now he can fly just like, uh, you know, like he was born with it. Right. You know, they set up the fact that he's got to experiment and play around with it and totally ruin the paint job on those awesome cars. Yeah, but now we're going to go from directly from this scene here to, um, okay, yeah, let's fly. With very uh, precise control, it seems. Or it will seem. To some degree. Well, yeah. yeah. Got to work on the landing. And I love the robot. Yeah. That's what I was saying before. Oh, yeah, I love this first, first suiting up scene here. Yeah. But the robots, like you're actually setting them up as being somewhat sentient, not really, but close to it. Yeah, almost kind of like an extension of Jarvis. Yeah, and then that'll, that'll pay off later, obviously. Yeah, like a dog. That is, you know, he's almost like they're almost like a dog. Yeah, I love the HUD. Yeah. And again, it's almost it's almost like a you know or an airplane, you know, f- things popping open and closing and foils and oh, flaps. Yeah, and nine yards. as soon as they said control sources, I thought the same thing. And again, I like the progression. I like that we go from the big, big, clunky stuff to this 
silver, you know, Mark II, where it's still a little big and bulky, and you know, obviously, it's not been painted and refined. Yeah, this is what I'm talking but, about, though. He goes from that that that's that shaky flight through the through the the, the hangar or the garage to it's like, okay, let's go off for real. It's like, really? Yeah. I think some time passed between those two scenes, though. He, even though they're he, cut he, back, he, and back. Not no. He walked from there to get in the suit on. No, uh, I, I didn't take it. I yeah, no, I didn't take it that way either. The streamlined suit wasn't even built yet. Before that, he was just. I don't know. That's like he's like, okay, yeah, I can fly, and then he walked right to he walked right to where the suit was to get to get suited up. That was the same moment. I no disagree. way. I don't think so. I, I'm with John. I, I, I think time had passed. No. Otherwise, I think he would have put the finished boots on and the finished, the finished uh, well, gloves. He, and, he put and the, 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 the robots put the finished boots and the, 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 the coverings right over what he was wearing. It's the same moment. It's the same scene. It attached all that right over the, the equipment he was wearing. Agree to disagree. No, you're just wrong. <laughs> I'm being matter of fact. You're an idiot. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. Yes. A little bit of foreshadowing here. Whoa. It's a good thing he's got manual control. Yeah. And, yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a little heavy. <laughs> oh, not not the cobra. Yeah, that was awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he just lays his head back. This, I think, to date, is still some of the best CGI. Just because I oh, can't yeah. pick out when it's fake. I did it's a great real. job. Yeah, and I think it helped that there's a lot of combo. I think we get a lot of uh, practical and a lot of CG on top of the practical, so it just really, really blends in. I mean, I, John Favreau started that he did not like. He said, I, "I don't like CG," and then they're like, oh, "Okay, he doesn't like bad CG." And it, as they progressed, they like, you know, you had Tony wearing or or. or um, Robert Downey Jr. wearing, you know, the suit, but they had to take, you know, one arm off for mobility or whatever. He's like, you guys can just add that later. Yeah. And then when they were filming the new one, they were actually doing a lot of on-location motion capture. Like, if you saw the the production stills, you saw he was wearing these uh, um, white dots and bands on the armor. And that was just that. It was for uh, for the motion cap. 
And I, we, you know, we've talked about this before. I think maybe in I don't know if it was Star Trek or um, Terminator, but it almost seems like there's a slight trend to pull back on the CG. I think we've seen so many movies that overuse it and sometimes overuse it poorly right. that you know we're now getting where more people want to do things practical if possible and then CG secondary as opposed to the other way around. Okay, so and I like that. I mean, yeah. Let's talk real quick about timing. So he is talking about the changing the armor to a gold alloy or whatever is to help with the icing. He's getting, uh, he's seen about the party that's tonight. He's going to order it be built, go to the party, and then come back from the party and it's done. Yeah, we, can we at least agree that that's all one night? Uh, yeah. Okay. It would appear. Yeah, it would appear. Well, there you go. So he even tells us it's the same night. So five hours. So yeah. five hours to fabricate all that. I don't know, but I can live with it. It's a movie. To fabric fabricate it and get it into the assembly robot <laughs> to get them all all geared up. There's the mispronunciation again. Sure don't. Love this. You know, with the with the Stan Lee cameo, for some reason, I think a lot of people thought that was Stan Lee actually playing Hugh Hefner. Yeah, and I think it was just Stan Lee either playing himself or just playing a character that that was Hefner ish. Um, it's just funny how. How it got twisted a little bit. I don't think they intended him to be actually Hugh Hefner. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Although, Although, give me a, star, a scotch. I'm starving. <laughs> Strategic homeland. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, I love that. I hear that a lot. <laughs> And again, I like how they are trying to keep it where Pepper and Tony are professional. I mean, you can tell that she obviously, they, they, you know, Tony, I don't think has ever been truly attracted to Pepper until like now, like he's had this, you know, of course, this life altering event that's changed his perspective. But Pepper, you could tell has always, you know, had a crush on or, you know, Mm -hmm. been very fond of Tony. And, uh, but I like the choice to keep it separate you know even in this moment right here 
Yeah, um, when they get up to the balcony and they're like, you know, I'm watching like, no, don't do it. Don't go all the way. Don't do that. Don't. And fortunately, they didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. They took as far as it needed to go. Choice. It's like Dave and Maddie. You don't yeah. want, you know, the show's over when they hook up. Yep. Um, Same thing with the X-Files. Yeah. I want to see, uh, I do want to see them, you know, work with Happy this next one. And if I was Jan, John Favreau, I'd be like, yeah, of course that's why I'm playing Happy Hogan. What, are you kidding? I've read the comic. Yeah. Well, then, you know, Tony's got Scar Joe now, so we oh, should have nothing to complain about. Scar Joe. No, uh, that how she, you know, one of the key reasons she doesn't want to get involved with him is because she, she doesn't want to be, you know, portrayed as that girl. You know? Right. I love that they both are like, yeah, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Very dry. I love that. Like at least three olives. And again, since Tony's kind of been tinkering in his lab, he's you know a little bit out of touch and right. isn't in- involved with everything that's going on. So, he knows that guy. And they've got Jericho's. This is where we start to get get the setup yep. that the two of them are kind of at odds. Man, that's how it turns. Funny, last time he was at a party, he was top of the world, and this time he's about as low as he can get. And I think this scene, isn't this where we get the... No, it was down in the lab, I guess, where we get the glimpse of the Thor shield, or the cap shield. That is, it's, he's in the lab now. Yeah. But it's um, when he's trying to get it off after the, uh, the next sequence. Yeah. 
again, even though it's all high tech and everything, here he is with a screwdriver kind of making final adjustments. Yep. Probably the first time he's considering using these flight stabilizers as weapons. Yeah. Watch out for that recoil. It's a little tough. Yep. He'll brace it next time. See the cable going to the chest piece to power it? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a scene they played up in the trailers, too. Oh, yeah. Kind of that quick turn and the... And this is kind of, you know, again, where we talk about later on and with extremists and everything where he kind of had that undercoating suit, you know, or whatever before he got in the armor, kind of that circuit board laden skin tight suit. Yep. I love the whole, the time it took to really show everything coming together like this. Yep. And it just adds to that plausibility of what they're actually doing. Right. You know, everything locks and fits and screws and, you know, works. Yeah, you really want to also wonder how much of this scene is practical, how much of it is special effects. Yeah, yeah. I love the noise it makes when the when the visor closes. Yeah. I think it's just, again, it just makes you realize this is a solid piece of hardware. And this is just an oh, extremely well-crafted scene, I thought. Just a great way for him to test things out and to to see the armor in full effect and him not have to worry about, you know, hurting anyone or, you know, making, you know, a full field test and the revenge on his captors and... You really, you really get to hate this guy during the scene. Yeah. Here comes Tony. Boom. Again, the metallic. I love the metallic heavy noise. Yeah. And then they, again, the thing is just very, very well done. You know, you get yep. that, that wind up and then the release and then the wind up yeah. and the release. I love that they're using the human shields here, but Tony can take care of that too.
And again, the weathering on the suit was very well done too. The scratches yep. and the nicks and everything else. I yours. like it that, yeah, yeah, that it just doesn't stay pristine. You know, that's right. just always nice and shiny. Ouch! Oh yeah, getting shy out of the sky like that. This is the scene we saw. The scratches on the. So I was in the Super Bowl trailer. This scene. Yeah. Look at the visor. I love that. He just hits it and then just turns around and walks away. Yep. Not even any point in looking at it. He knows exactly what's going to happen. See the venting in the in the armor, you know, to account for the air and taking it. It's just the details. Yeah. The first time I really recall them doing that, where where you have a little bit more of the mechanical nature to the suit, is when they did the whole um, Heroes Reborn thing, when... I guess it was Jim Lee did the I think it was Jim Lee that did Iron Man. Um they kind of added like exhaust vents out of the back of the like shoulder blades and stuff like that and gave it a lot more of a mechanical right you know feel. This this piece here was very early trailer. I think this is the first stuff we really saw. Yeah, with the uh, the F-16s or whatever they are. Yeah, the aircraft yeah. escorts. Of course, he's going to call Tony. You know. I love that. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Whiplash one. That's a that's a little bit of an interesting name. Yeah. We've got flares. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> I'm gonna hit the brake, they're gonna fly right past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He knows it. 
He knows it at that point. You know, another Iron Man cartoon uh, theme. Yeah. Yeah. That's an oh crap moment for you right there. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> That's the only trick in the <laughs> book. one of my birds well to be clear he hit me It's cool because they kind of set this up again, gives Ch- Tony a chance to be the hero. Yep. You know, not, you know, not just going in and killing bad guys, but, you know, making it clear that he's not out to, to do harm. Right. Right. He's feeling a little good about himself right now. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, I think you yeah, I think plane. he can afford it. <laughs> I love this. Like you know, I don't want to know now. <laughs> Training exercise. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Great scene here. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. It doesn't want to come off. Yeah. Yeah, obviously it's been. There it is, their shield. shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Bullet holes? What bullet holes? Now here's a quite a, a point where I'm wondering about the timeline. You know what? What? How much time passed between this? You know, he was Obi was in his living room or his study watching the news, and now he's in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah I mean at least. I mean, I'll give it's at least a day. So. Yeah. Yeah.
There's the same set, the uh, the flag where they had Tony being filmed. Mm-hmm. wheels are definitely turning in Obadiah's head. Makes me wonder if this is going to tie in with Iron Man 2 to some degree with him um you're saying an army of iron soldiers. I wonder right. if that's still an angle angle they're going to carry forward Maybe. into the next one with Justin Hammer. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Did you notice if he had the earplugs in when he uh, got out of the car? I mean, clearly he must have, but... I did not notice. Yeah, he came prepared. Yeah, clearly. It's funny because this one of the things I thought of in uh, in seeing this is this is almost like a uh, Black Widow type task here. Yeah, you know the espionage, you know, breaking in kind of thing. Getting a little obsessed here. Yep. I thought that was a great line from Tony. Yes. I think she... Yeah, he just sold Finally, believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess after, you know, how many years of listening to his constant BS all the time and everything, a little tough to swallow some of that.
these kind of scenes always get me. It's like you know that it's probably going to work out okay. You know, she's going to get in, she's going to get what she needs and get out. But I think they do, Favreau did an awesome job of kind of building that tension yep. again. Or she, you know, you, you think for, for a minute there, maybe she's going to get caught and that's going to, you know, finally send this thing all downhill. But yeah, and then she's, you know, when she starts going in here and starts logging in and watching the video and how much did he hear? Yeah. Kind of being tech guys, does it crack you up sometimes when you see um, this stuff always? Computer in- yeah, yeah. Computer interfaces in a. I mean, I guess they do it kind of for the layperson, and I guess yeah, you it's movie effects. But still, yeah. you're right. It's just like you gotta be kidding me. And they always do something that's wrong. Here we go. Yeah. The video that we, th- we this is where we finally get to the, the other side. What this video really meant? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again, you think, you know, he's he knows. He's heard. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, expect to see a. He was a demon in the bottle moment here. It's like you know, Tony always yeah. gets the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're talking about. Uh, there it is. Oh, it's just the good stuff. Talking about tech, I was watching 24 a few weeks ago, and the guy's like talking about it. He's like, yeah, I just need so many of these files. The guy, my guys tell me it should fit on a 100 gigabyte flash drive. It's like 100 gigs, huh? 100 gigs. Mm-hmm. Huh, okay. That's something. Yeah. I think the biggest I've seen so far is maybe maybe 64. Yeah, and 100. That, that's a funny increment. Yeah. Nerd alert. Yeah, really. Yeah, 24 is guilty. I'm not to get too far off, but 24 is guilty of that a lot, all that crazy tech talk. Yep. It's like, that doesn't make any sense what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> like, send that to my terminal. I have to open up the firewall. It's like, okay. Yep. Oh, I think he knows how lucky he is right about now. Yep. Let me grab my paper and go now. (laughs) Again, did he see me? Does he know what he did? And now she does the classic pickpocket mistake. She looks down at her hand. She looks down. (laughs) Dope. 
Yeah, I love that. Yep. Right nope. now. Yep, let's go. Oh, boss coming. <laughs> Cook, everybody look busy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't care if you're just screwing around. Can you at least look like you're doing something? Yeah. All tab, all tab. It's right there. Clearly you're not. Yes. Kevin Flynn could probably do it. <laughs> oh, nice. That almost looks like the effect that we saw kind of on his chest in the trailer. Uh, it looked more angular like all the lines are coming out in like straight lines and right angles to each other oh, true true yeah very much like Re- really yeah, implied you're... something digital going on yeah you're right nanovirus that's probably this if of anything i'm looking forward to most of all was that you know what's the deal with the chess piece and what's going on there yeah the only concern I have, and obviously in a couple of weeks we'll know the answer to it anyway, but in, in, is, a, in I, a week, yeah, a week, is that they're trying to do too much. You know, I really hope they're not trying to do too much. Yeah. So I'm just going to watch here as he pulls this the chess piece out. You know, Tony didn't need a device to push it in, so. Yeah. And now he pulled it out. Okay, there's wires, there's the wires, okay. Yeah. Actually, I do think it's my idea. I wonder if Tony has the same uh, contract that uh, the people who work for him have. You know, if you if you even think of something while you're on our payroll, even if you're at home on your own time, it still belongs to us first. You know, it's yeah, it's all Tony's anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's I like that little. See, as of right like now, Tony should be going into cardiac arrest at this point right now. But he, yeah, can't, you'd think. he can't move, so... Oh, his ear's bleeding from that. Anyway, I was saying earlier, I like that little bit that Stain mentions about Howard being a part of, like, the, you know, the Manhattan Project yeah. team. Yep. Again, it ties him, you know, kind of ties him into, you know, being part of that military complex from the beginning. So do you think Tony backed himself up before he put that new module into his chest? Or I don't know. Do you think he was okay? I don't know. 
Shield. There's the symbol. There it is, yep. Yeah, one of the coolest images. I don't know if I should I guess it's on the poster, so I guess and by the time this comes out most most of everybody will be ready to see it anyway, but seeing the uh the shield logo on the shoulder patch of Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow character. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, I missed that. I got to check for that. Yeah, there's a po- one of the posters that are out now that oh, features okay. her, has it on her nice. shoulder. I love the old Wurlitzer in the background. Yeah. Yeah, so Tony totally Again, that in the old car. It's like class. You can't get to it. It's like I'm going to die, and then here comes this. Here comes Lassie. Yep. Like I said just like a faithful dog brings it to him. It's like as mean as I was to you, you still brought this to me. Yeah. Johnny Five was alive. It's like that machine, you know, where you put a quarter in and you move the joystick and you push the button. The claw. The claw. He has been chosen. (laughs) (laughs) The Iron Monger. Look what I've created. They're going to need a little backup. That's not going to be enough. It's I love this here. She goes and tries to open the door and her badge won't get her in. Oh, let me try it again. Let hmm. me try it again. Oh, what's that? Go boom. Yep. No, sir. The coolest thing ever is the suitcase armor. Yes. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, that's all. That's right. He remembers where he landed. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Here we go. Next time, baby. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. I love that. I thought it'd be bigger. That's not yeah. it. That's not it, kids. Kind of is bigger. Nothing gets past shield. Nope. So just to speculate a little bit, since we're since we're a little farther off, do you anticipate the helicarrier in the Avengers movie? Oh, I think it'd have to be. That would be awesome to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is a great scene here. Boom. Run away! Run away! Run away! I love that we get the HUDs even a little more updated than it was yeah. previously. You know, when we saw the uh, the plans for the Ironmonger and we've seen other stuff, I think back to the the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one. And in the opening scene, you see all the Stark plans for the uh, Hulkbuster yep. and the Sonic guns. John Favreau was asked yep. over Twitter, it's like, does Hulk, the Incredible Hulk take place before or after Iron Man 2? And his answer was a very clear after. So when yes. you think about that, you know, the whole scene in the bar, that all happens after the events of Iron Man 2. Which is fine. Which is, which is fine. It actually makes more sense because, you know, what we... Okay, in this scene here on the, on the freeway, it's probably already gone at this point, but there is a Volvo station wagon... In here, which is meant to be uh, Adam Murdo from CGS, his Volvo station wagon. Yes. And if not that same car, there's another car that has. Oh no, there's not a car. There's a street sign that has the CGS logo on it, the Comic Geek Speak logo yes. on it. Um, Tom yes. Martin at ILM, he threw a couple little Easter eggs in the scene. He said he's got to be very subtle about those those kind of things, but he can do them sometimes. Yes, which I thought was awesome. I love the catching the car. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. It's like, lady, let me go. <laughs> eh, drag him. Oh, and he just got <laughs> just got that nice new paint job. Yeah, not anymore. It's a little ding now. I love the the little shots of the the jet exhaust trying to keep the Ironmonger up in play, up in flight. Mm. Yeah. No, I think you built it up from Tony's great ideas. Yeah.
sweet. Yep. I think uh, Jeff Bridges went to the Christian Bale school of yeah of uh, comic book voice acting. Right, right. A little over the top. It looks like it looks like a space shuttle taking off, and the way the rockets mm-hmm. fire. This is awesome. The training exercise. Yep. You know, it's funny, looking at the HUD, there was a piece, I think it was on gizmodo.com. They, uh, they talked to the guy that, like, that's what his deal is, is doing, um, like, HUD-type interfaces and oh, stuff. okay, yeah. Moves, designs, all, all that crazy stuff. It's like a little niche effects thing, I guess. Right. Icing problem. Yikes. Again, nice little callback to wonder why they made such a point of that in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. 2%. Yipes. <laughs> I love that he's just like falling. Stop falling. Stop. <laughs> yeah, a little, little, little burst just to keep himself from uh, completely destroying himself. Mm-hmm. I love Don't. this. Puts his, oh, my God. oh, I took the glove off. Damn. That was awesome. The whole jet-assisted punch, I thought, yep. was pure genius. That's called desperation. Yep. It worked. Blinded them. Yep. That suit is toe up. See the cracks in the glass here? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure she knows exactly what all that stuff is. Oh, I know. It's, it's clearly all it's all clearly labeled so yes <laughs> you are blind yep. when all else fails just keep pushing buttons yep it's either going to do something really good or really, or really bad, bad. It's kind of like the doors on like Star Wars. You blast it to open it. You blast, blast it to close keep it. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a very expensive helmet, sir. Yeah. 
Okay, it's raining broken glass. You should be a little torn up. Just a little bit. Nick here, scratch there. That wasn't very yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm kind of going to die anyway. Yeah. Hey, isn't that that little pulse thing from the MCP? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff might remember that. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, and he falls right into it. And the whole thing go boom. The one thing I'm glad for from a script perspective that would have been an easy trap to fall into that they didn't is the whole, I killed your father, that's how he really died, you know, thing. Yeah, my name is Tony Stark, you killed my father, prepare to die. (laughs) Exactly. And fade. So the uh, press conference we're going to do here Wrapping it all up, did you did you think it was going to go the way it went? Yes, I totally did. Because I was like, it, there are certain moments in this movie that, not I don't know Robert Downey Jr. personally, obviously, but it's just like it's so obviously him, you know, that he that that where him and the character seem to just really mold, um, you know, based on at least what you you know reports of him in in the press and and whatnot. Right. And for right. him to go out there and just say that. Did I, it I nailed I, it. He yeah, had to. he had to. And again, I thought that was a, a a cool choice. I mean, as we'll see it coming up here, but um, but to go public with it because you know so often superheroes, it seems like everybody pretty much who they are anyway that they just said, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna put, put it that out, out right yep. here, and not make, deal with it. Yeah, not. Yeah, let's not make this a crazy plot point that we have to work our way out of and, you know, people finding out who he is. We're just going to throw it out there right now and then, you know, we don't have to worry with it. You know, the whole secret identity thing is a non-issue for, you know, future scripts and stuff like that, which I think is really – in this situation, it works really, really well. Here's our shield line. Yes. Just call shield. Yeah, here, I mean, he even alludes to it right here. <laughs> that you left me? Yeah. We keep getting caught with just watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. You know, she's... 
he's again trying to bring it back to the fact that you we shared a moment up there and she's yeah. like nope you just acted like the tony stark i knew you always were yeah. <laughs> Like she knows he's different, but she knows he's still the same to some degree still too. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I never said hello. <laughs> you didn't? It's almost like, dang it. Clearly. As his you know, face is all scratched up and he's Yeah, all, right. He's completely beat up. Else. Stick to the cards. Yeah. And here it comes. Yeah. Can't help himself. <laughs> he can't help himself. Nope. That's him. it. And and she just sits there. The one yep. reporter, she yep. just sits there's like, Of course you are. Down, bow, down, down. Uh of course, we waited for it the whole the whole movie, and we get it in the end. Yeah. Now, are we going to sit here for the purpose of the commentary and just talk over the credits until we get to the last scene? Which I'm yeah. so glad in the Hulk they put the scene before the credits. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of let's go through five, especially on a movie like this, because they have to credit. I mean, Everything. rightfully so. Yeah, of course. They have to credit everybody. You know, you've got you know first. You know, direction team, second direction team, this location, that location. You've got all the effects people and, uh, you know, you know, craft services and the whole nine yards. <laughs> and, um, you know, to sit there through five minutes when you've got to pee like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, I, remember or, when you know, the, you sh- I remember when the second Matrix movie came out and we all wanted to see the, the Leslie Bibb. There she is. The, uh, yeah. We wanted to see the trailer, the, the the preview for the third Matrix. And I'm like... I gotta pee, but I don't want to risk missing it. Yeah, and then you get like a thirty-second scene, and you're just like, I mean, it was you know, oh yeah, probably the best example of post scene ever. Yeah, um, and then there's the awesome shield deal. But the uh, it's it's funny. I went and saw the losers, and they they did it right. I think there too. They they did a little credit cutaway for maybe 15 seconds and then they cut back to more action. So, and I've seen, I've seen that happen before as well. Um, but I think that's how that should be used. You know, not, I was thinking at least with it. the, with the, with the, I think uh, Wolverine did that too. They, they showed you some, some, uh, some credits. Then they showed you the, the scene that was different from, from version to version. And then they went back to the main credits. Like, like when that graphical scene of credits was over that you could have just stuck it right there and then go to the rest of the scroll. Ahmed yeah. was played by Ahmed Ahmed. It's awesome. Okay. Easy to keep it straight. Yep. Um, you know, himself, Stan Lee. So Stan Lee was playing himself. Yeah, see, yeah. Uh, one, one thing I was saying, though, the... Uh, crap. 
like like at least with the DVD or the Blu-ray here, they could have made that last scene a chapter. So like, like okay, click. I'm at the last scene. Yeah. I can't even or do that. for home video, do do like we were saying. Do the graphic Move scene it, and yeah. then stick that in there. Because at this point, everybody's you We've know you know it. it. Yeah. Based on the Marvel yeah, Les- comic by Stan Lee, Don Heck, Larry Leiber, and Jack Kirby. Yeah. Leslie Bibb, since we're we're going through the credits here to get to the last scene, was in. She was in Crossing Jordan. She played Lou Simmons, a detective, and most importantly. She was Carly Bobby in Talladega Nights, The Ballad yeah, of Ricky Bobby. Nice. Nice. Yes. Which I haven't seen either of those, so that fall, still falls into the idea of, you know, didn't see her before and haven't seen her after this. Gotcha. She's on, she did a stint on ER for one season. Yeah. And she's going to be in Iron Man 2. She's credited for Iron Man 2. Oh, okay. So. Good. Oh. Interesting. Good for her. Good for her. I'm really looking forward to that for, I mean, all the reasons we talked about already. The armor, um, Black Widow, ScarJo, and uh, War Machine, uh, just in general. I mean, and, and I remember um, when they showed that full length, the full trailer, I thought back to everybody complaining about Whiplash, those production stills, like, oh, couldn't they afford a shirt for him, whatever. It's like, then you see the trailer, like, oh, it makes yeah. sense the way that all came out. Yeah. You know, it and, makes sense for that scene. And I think we saw some early stuff where it was just the whips. Yeah. And now I've seen some stuff more that has the uh the effect shots done. Yep, yep. And it, and it's a lot more animated. Um you know, where they're glowing and and the crackle and everything else. I think when yeah. they first showed them, they were a lot more physical in in nature and I think that was just to get it cut out for the for the first trailer. Yeah, I just saw the the armor was made by the Stan Winston studio and I remember before he passed away, Stan Winston was at uh the Comic-Con, the 07 Comic-Con that you were at with yeah. the, with the Mark yeah. 1. And then it was, I think he passed away before before this came out. Or yeah, did he, or I, did he or did he see this through and he and he it was it was during the Terminator production he passed away. Uh oh, I can't recall. I don't remember. I think it might have been through. I, yeah, I think you might be right. I think it might have been during the Terminator production. And talk about a a loss from a from a oh, know, yeah. movie making standpoint. Right? It's just unbelievable. I mean, he, he he and his studio was involved in the uh, original Terminator movies, weren't they? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Stan got to start you know pretty much at ILM, just like like right. a lot of those guys. And they did a fantastic Which, job with the uh, with the armor in this movie. Yeah, so did Joe Johnston, who will be directing Iron Man or uh, Captain America. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, anyway, we talked a little bit about the uh, um, about the effects, but I think the uh, John Favreau did such a great job doing a he insisting on, on, on as much practical effects as you can get, doing as much in the camera that it really. Did a, it really helped the, the the CGI portions of it, you know, for a variety of reasons. You had you had uh, actually, I think there's a scene with the armor. Yep, there's Tom Martinick's name. Yep, um, there was a there's who's talking. I think it was Tom Martinick on CGS talking about how they did a scene where they had to replace the entire practical armor with CG to make it work right. But it's like that. That's okay. We we we, we use a lot of that as reference to get the effects right and make it look natural. Right. 
and then that, and that's they I can't complain at all about that. I I remember when I first watched um, a movie in high definition. I watched King Kong, and in HD, you know it the 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 line between CG and practical is very clear, and, and it was it was it took me right out of that movie. Whereas then I watched something like, and that was all done, of course, by uh, um, I'm blanking on uh, Weta. Weta, thank you. Keep going to Vega, but I'm like, no, that's my TV. Um, <laughs> but it's done by Weta. You know, then you go. I watched Transformers using the same technology, and you had plenty of scenes where you had similar scenes. Like I'm thinking to in King Kong when King Kong is is falling and he's fighting the t- the, the Transformers Rex, three of them, and he's holding holding the girl. Then I go to Transformers, the first one, when, when um, Optimus is under the bridge and he's holding on to uh, Shia LeBeau. And, you know, it, it wasn't like that at all. It looked like it was really happening in front of me. They, they just did a fantastic job of, of making the two work well together and, 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 um, and blending in. Yeah. I think we're about, at, about at this- our scene here. Yeah, at this point in time, my wife was ready to punch me in the face. It's like, why are we still here? Trust me, it's worth just, it. Just sit, sit, sit. And this is probably the one of the best examples of life imitating art, imitating life. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. This is just so perfect. You think you're the only superhero in the world. That's a great line. Yeah. You become part of a bigger universe, which is... It's almost like he's talking to the audience. Yeah. Great way to end it. Now, now when he says the Avenger Initiative, you think you think they were using that because of the comics where they had, at this point, the Avengers and the Initiative? and the, Or was it just a way to make it easy for uh, rather than saying the Avengers probably so yeah maybe not as in your face Um, you know maybe not make it quite so superhero and take it down to earth from what we saw of of two it's almost like it almost like Tony's resisting the idea of joining this team and that's why I pointed out the idea that Hulk happens after two because when he shows up at the bar, he's very into the idea. He's like, we're putting a team together. So yeah, he's vested. So I'm expected by the time of, by the end of Iron Man 2, he is going to be fully in on this deal. And I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, like we see Scarlett Johansson's character, like the Black Widow showing up as a notary. It's like she's just there to infiltrate and try to continue the recruitment process. And I'd follow her anywhere, so. Heck Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, wrap this up, and uh, we'll send everybody on their way to see Iron Man 2 next week. Yes. Well, thanks, everyone, as we do another movie commentary. I think this one's probably the longest we've gone after the commentary, but you know, it's, it's, hard, not to, it's hard to cut off that conversation at the very end, given, given what we just saw. But um, hope everybody loves you know, this movie just as much as we did, and we are so looking forward to Iron Man 2. So... Um, like I said, I'll probably put up a thread given that we'll talk about it at thecomicforums.com and you can leave uh, your comments, thoughts, and, and well wishes uh, to these and other episodes there. Um, send us an email at comments at legionofdudes.com. 
um, you can leave your voicemail at 516-468-7912. For Ken, Russ, and John, we will see you next week on the Legion of Dudes. Thanks, everybody. Good night.